You uh, wanted to see me, Zach? Corelli, we got a situation here. Oh, what, what's up? Well, I've been giving this a lot of thought, and this web slinger is all over the place. He's not just in movies. He's in cartoons, comics, coloring books. I want to talk about all of it. So what what are you what are you saying exactly? Get me more podcasts of Spider-Man. More? We already released Spider-Man Minute five times a week. You don't think that's enough? There's seven days in a week, Corelli. Where's my Sunday Gazette, my Saturday edition? Uh, Weekend Bugle? Oh, I like that. But what if we called it The Weekend Bugle? Yeah, The Weekend Bugle, sure. Oh, and another thing. How do we start monetizing this stuff? I want a quarter every time somebody listens. Well, why don't we put The Weekend Bugle on Patreon? Patreon? Yeah, our listeners can go to duelinggenre.com slash support, become a patron for $5 a month, and gain access to The Weekend Bugle and all the other bonus podcasts we put on Patreon. Fantastic idea, Corelli. Glad I thought of it. They don't want us to be famous. Patreon will make us infamous. to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we are analyzing and celebrating Spider-Man 2 one brilliant but lazy minute at a time. I'm Zach Luna. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Mike Bobbitt from the Ideal Remake Podcast. And I'm Sam Gash, also from the Ideal Remake Podcast. Welcome back, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're happy to have you close this out with us here on, uh, on Friday. Uh, minute 20, which is uh, the one that begins with Harry saying... Nobel Prize, Otto, Nobel Prize, and ends with um, Otto saying a line I like, intelligence is not a privilege, it's a gift, and use it for the good of mankind. That is Minute 20. That's where we are today at the end of the week. It's, um, uh, it's, yeah. the, it's the theme of the movie, said out loud. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Uh, <laughs> no, Nobel Prize in uh, what category? <laughs> They're not subtle about it. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I think if, there isn't one for mechanical engineering. No, but I think if you solved fusion, like, and were able to provide, like, you know, free renewable energy, energy crisis, yeah, that's I think so you would that get a peace chemistry? prize, or would that be a peace prize? Because I feel like people would fight wars over that. Yeah, yeah, you'd get a Nobel Prize for it for sure. I mean, Probably. Like Harry is a douche, but he's not wrong here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, my a little thing I love here. Uh, is the briefest of appearances we have of uh, Daniel Daquan, who is uh, the the scientist there who's like ushering them in. Right. Uh, you know, he had like a, a sliver of a line yesterday and finishes out with like, you know, your friends are here, Otto, or whatever. Um, I don't know if he's like, he's, I think he's present in, the, in a couple days, the, um, At the, the experiment. big experiment. Yeah. yeah, the big experiment. But uh, yeah, Daniel Daquan. I mean, he's a much bigger actor now, obviously, a South Korean-American actor. Uh, he's probably most known for playing Jin on Lost, and uh, he was also on Hawaii Five-0. Uh, he played Tom Baker on 24. 
he was Gavin Park on Angel, which is a series that I like to reference as much as I can in this season. Um, and uh, he was Hiroshi Sato on The Legend of Korra, which is a show oh. I should be watching one of these days. Oh. He, um, he is presumably great. I'm trying to remember who that character is. Yeah. Um, Daniel Daquan is just, he's an actor I love. He's good in everything. And uh, it's just hilarious that like he's this tiny, almost not seen person in this movie. Um, and then like the next year blew up, basically. Um, right. Because he, this is <laughs> Sexiest Man Alive 2005. Daniel Day Kwan in 2003, right? Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he wow. went from relative obscurity to being one of the most famous people on all of television. Uh, uh, just like that. So that's there he insane. Is. And uh, he's right now he's working on the new Hellboy movie, the David Harbour one. Right. Ooh, yeah. Wait, so is it a Hellboy reboot or is it reboot. a uh, reboot? It's a reboot. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. He's playing somebody named Ben. I don't know what that means. Maybe the people who know. He, well, he's playing the he's playing the character that they were going to whitewash, and then the the actor, oh, that's right, the yeah, actor yeah, quit, it's, it's and then they hired oh. him. Yeah. It's Grind quit, and then Daniel Dayquan went in. So right. I don't remember who the actor was that quit, but like full uh, marks the bad to that guy, actor. the bad guy from Deadpool. Yeah, that's Ed Grind. He's the yeah. um, Francis from Deadpool. Oh, yeah, he's great. He is great. Yeah, he was also in Game of Thrones for like two seasons. Um, he's oh, the right. the Dario who got replaced by New Dario. <laughs> that's yeah. right. This whole Nobel Prize thing yeah um i just you know we made the joke about how uh harry was given like a fake department to be the head of at oz at oscorp um <laughs> special projects and they're like yeah. yeah go uh earn a earn a nobel prize that's your that's your goal i i just don't i don't know he's and he's like yeah we're all we'll all be rich how much do you get paid for winning the nobel prize one million dollars yeah i think it's not it's one million it's just one million that's nothing yeah. Like yeah, uh, from to the, from Oscorp. The, yeah, yeah, to Oscorp. That's a drop in the bucket. So like, what? I, maybe the idea is that like, we'll get a Nobel Prize. That's like my carrot. But we'll all be rich because everybody will have to come to us for their energy needs. No, yeah, but it, but it's but it's, it's supposed to be free. It's, yep. Okay. Clean energy. Yeah. Wait. Go ahead. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It it doesn't hold together. In any way. <laughs> no, because they would only sell it once to every country or city or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's like the uh, Harry's looking at a Nobel Prize the same way a lot of movie studios look at an Oscar. Mm. I mean, an Oscar winning movie isn't necessarily going to make them more money because it's an Oscar baby movie as opposed to like a big budget action or some sort of movie. Yeah. It's, it's the prestige of the award more so than the monetary gain. It's like... Oh, well, what kind of movies do you make? Well, we make a lot of like schlocky action movies, uh, but one time we won an Oscar. Mm. But that's not but that's not true because he literally says we'll win the Nobel Prize and then we'll all be rich. <laughs> that is well, like I'm literally out. Harry's line. I'm out of I'm out of ideas. <laughs> I have a different maybe, take on it. Maybe okay, yeah. maybe it's Harry is kind of dissing Otto for the fact that he's having a bad hair day and has no fashion sense. So it's just kind of like Nobel Prize, meaning you got to get your act together, man. Like, if you have... you're going to be on the world stage? Yeah, Yeah. if you have a double chin, you can't be wearing a turtleneck. Like, (laughs) Franco can pull off a turtleneck. Zach Luna can pull off a turtleneck, but... Thanks, yeah. (laughs) But Alfred Molina cannot. 
<laughs> it's not a I mean, great look. It's not yeah, a no. It's not ideal. They're going for some kind of like, I don't know, sexy European vibe. But, I mean, uh, maybe subtly he's like, this is one of the last times I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to wear an article of clothing like this. So I better, you know, I better enjoy it while I can. I, I guess. I, don't know. I would turn I don't into know. a super villain too if someone made me wear a turtleneck. <laughs> Choking me, showing off my man breasts. It would be awful. Nobel Prize, <laughs> we're all going to be rich. Maybe it's just we'll become the most famous company in the world at developing whatever. And right. we'll, the, our next project will make us billions. But they, he, Or maybe uh, it's just like that's the, the part of the incentive. Like Harry thinks, oh, well, uh, this guy, Dr. Octavius, would do this because I'm going to give him a big bonus if he succeeds. Not, oh, this guy's doing it for the love of science. It's just, I'm going to give this guy a bonus. So the more I remind him about it, the more he'll want that money and actually work hard. Well, I'll be rich. It's just, uh, uh, I'm, a, I'm a rich kid and the only thing that motivates people is money. Yeah, I, even if it doesn't work logically as a, like, thing to be stoked about, it definitely works as, like, making Harry look like a douche. So Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, we'll, we'll see you in Sweden. No, you'll see him tomorrow when you're at the experiment. <laughs> You stupid douche. Uh, I mean, yeah, but it is a really nice tie. It's a very nice tie, yes. And his douche glasses are, I'm sure, expensive. Um, I just love, I really do love the shot when he leaves. Uh, and it's just, there's this two shot of the two of them. Uh, just Otto and Peter alone looking off at Harry. And it's just one of those, like, yeah, what a prick. Like, it's just yeah. <laughs> who's, the, who's the lady scientist in the far background pouring chemicals? This, this wife. For the that's his that wife. is his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah Rosie. Okay, yeah, that's Rosie. We'll, we'll be introduced to her soon. Nice, yeah, Rosie um, Octavius. Rosie. Uh, I, but I, I do, I love Harry's little backwards wave as he's leap, like that weird flailing <laughs> wave thing that he does. <laughs> well, see in Sweden, up above his head, just like yeah, like he's getting out of a plane or something. I don't know why I associate that gesture with like getting out of a private plane or something. I don't know, but I love it. Well, he's I mean, probably that is used kind of the that. gesture. Isn't yeah. it like you're getting onto your plane and you're waving behind you as you leave the the poor people behind? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what he's. That's what he's doing right now is leaving the poor people behind. <laughs> um, Got you two geniuses together. This is another location in the movie though where the set design is just outstanding. God, I love oh, it. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. The big arch space that the you know the the ancient like. Uh, foundational thing and then they've brought in all this cool tech stuff but also there's an area that they've like turned into an apartment like it's really cool it's mm -hmm. just uh i like too that like when we have auto come up so like the meeting space is in the area where we'll have the actual like experiment go down that's where we have the domed top that's where the, all the arches are leading um but when we cut to the coverage of auto all that's behind him is like the domestic area, the like, um, you know, the cozy home. So it's like, I mean, we get shades of dark man in terms of the uh, living near where the tech thing is. But I like the idea that like the introduction to Octavius for Peter is seeing like a man who has a home with a wife and, you know, mm -hmm. this like domestic tranquility. His living space is what's flanking him there. Yeah. I think it's like a cool way to introduce him. Yeah. I, um, I also, I know that this is a set. Uh, mm -hmm. because we know this from having read the art book that this is yeah. definitely a set because they talked about mm -hmm. designing it for like a whole chapter. And, <laughs> it looks uh, like a set. Sure. But, sure, but this, but this, uh, this, this sort of, um, this thing behind Peter and Otto, when we're in like the sort of profile shot of the two of them, this, yeah. 
I don't even know how you would describe this, but like this sort of like window wall there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of a, of a very similar set in The Prestige. Oh, interesting. Uh, where yeah. where uh, where he keeps all of his tricks, like um, and and Michael Caine, Michael Caine, and all the tricks stay. Yeah, in the <laughs> yeah. That's sort of it, it looks just like that place. Yeah, uh, it sure. is a very um, middle like old school turn of the century look. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's definitely an expensive place to rent or own i don't know what this i looks. mean i'm assuming this is just like the top floor in one of the buildings the osborne zone yeah maybe yeah yeah um just that it's where they live and work it just there's something um you know like a like a conservatory in a fancy house or something this like yeah. window to the outside but it's all old and fancy it's it's really good in not just the um the the later two shots that we have with peter and on uh, auto but like early in the minute when they have the actual handshake between harry and auto where you see like the full arc there it's just a beautiful space um and the what possibilities is yeah. this something that gets mentioned elsewhere in the movie like what was auto doing prior to all of this that he had to become completely dependent on the osbornes both for work and living i don't know well um, he was he was uh creating he, he i mean he was basically still working with fusion, but what he figured out was that the only way to create the renewable sun fusion experiment that he wanted to do, he needed um, tritium and right. tritium being one of the rarest uh, substances on the planet. He had to uh, turn to Oscorp to basically like buy out his um, experiment and yeah, fund the tritium. Yeah. Cause like he was- to live there as well. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. That way I he mean, can work 24-7. I, I, I would imagine that they probably are uh, wanting to keep a close eye on him based on how much we are to assume tritium costs. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, and we have a little bit of, like, tiny world building earlier with, like, that he's a friend of Kurt Connors and that, right. like, he is... he is at least associated with university or something. So maybe right. he was like, well, that's, that's why I asked. Cause okay. I assume he used to live in like university housing. Yeah. Yeah. Like doing like at, at a, at a research university or something where he does experiments and stuff, but also teaches classes or maybe he's just a friend of that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, this is a big step up. I would presume. Yeah. I love the fact too, that Alfred Molina did this because he's a big Marvel fan and he yeah. was working on Fiddler on the Roof at the same time. So just imagine like how thinly stretched, he must have been during yeah. production, but he was just like, Oh, I want to do a Marvel movie. So yeah. yeah. Oh, they're making that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just love that little tidbit. It makes me like Alfred Molina so much more. I mean, he's great. It's Alfred Molina. He's one of those uh, old school world-class actors who can do literally everything, you know, sing, dance. He used to support himself doing stand-up comedy when he was in theater school. He does Broadway, Shakespeare, movies. He, he was in Raiders know. of the Lost Ark. I know. This is his first film role. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Throw me the there's like I'll throw you the There's whip. a little, <laughs> a little uh, uh, bit of um, controversy in the the Indiana Jones, uh, you know, fandom about what his actual name is in that, those films, because mm. like uh, the name in the script is Satipo, uh, which makes sense because that's a, a place in Peru and it's like a not uncommon, you know, name out there. But Indy calls him Sapito in oh. the actual film, you know, audio Sapito like that's so there's like, well, what's, what's really happening there? Is it just, as I presume 
Harrison Ford missing the pronunciation? Or is it... <laughs> yeah, that's or a safe is presumption. there a whole new world <laughs> where Zepito is the real name and everybody's been messing it up? Or, you know, <laughs> maybe they're, they're old friends, but he's calling him intentionally by the wrong name to, like, really get it in his face there, but he's dead already. So Like, I it's don't... one of those old things where it's like, ah, they're always mispronouncing he's... his name. <laughs> Regardless, he's super memorable, and that's his first film role. He's, like, in... His whole long and storied filmography, he's always, like, one of the bright spots in almost anything he's in. Boogie Nights, my God, his part, oh. that's great. Joke a lot. Um, it's, he got this part because, you know, he was excited about it and, ta- and talked to Sam. But also, like, Sam knew he was a good actor because he and the producers watched Frida, um, where he plays uh, mm-hmm. Diego Rivera. You keep um, saying Sam, and I thought you were talking about me. Oh, you know, Ramy, you know, Sam, we're on we're on close first term base first name basis at this point. Um, I mean, all right. Yeah. Um, but like that was right before he shot this. So he he had gained a bunch of weight to play Diego Rivera in Frida, and then lost a lot of it because he knew it would be like a intense, like active role to do um uh to do Doc Ock and Spider-Man, you know, because there'd be stunts and whatnot. And then at, because he was prepping, like you said, for doing um a fiddler on the roof on broadway at the same time he was playing tevia when they were finishing up on this the producers on that wanted him to gain a bunch of weight back oh no because they wanted tevia to be this like more round you know yeah. f- uh, fatherly figure and he was like i can't believe i lost all that weight for spider-man because i probably would have looked more like doc ock if i kept it you know like right i don't know that's true He's kind of a rotund guy in the I comics. Guess. Yeah. yeah, no, he definitely is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. literally, like, Spider-Man calls him fatso constantly. Um, <laughs> oh, Spider-Man, why you got to stoop to that low? I know. Well, it was I a know. different time. No. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, lot a... Of, a lot of the quips don't age well, because a lot of times he's just making fun of how people look. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a nice outfit. <laughs> um, Did you... Oh. I love him. I love him so much in this uh, Alfred Molina. It's He's just... great. And they did a really good job of giving him a realistic haircut that is reminiscent of the bowl cut that Doc Ock has, but, but isn't cooler. actually a bowl, bowl cut. Yeah. Like it looks cartoony, but realistic. And mm-hmm. it's like, this is the hip version where he um, styled it right. I mean, it basically looks like this. Yes, yeah, Sam. Yes. <laughs> This is the Sam hairstyle, we could say. Uh, I, I, yeah, it's just a, you let your hair naturally part in the middle, and then it just kind of has two cowlicks in the front. But not, yeah, it works the, on you, Sam. Like, it's just too wavy or curly. Like, my brother has the exact same hair as Otto in this movie, and I cringe every time I see my brother. So You're like, yeah, yeah. but that's just because of memories. Sure, yeah. yeah. I like, this is, it's like a younger man's haircut on an older man. I there guess it is. A way, a way to phrase it. Like... They're really, they're really leaning into this like kind of sexy European vibe thing that he's doing with his, <laughs> I don't yeah. know, like a cool cultured guy. Uh, I I, was anyone else, uh, was anyone else sort of thrown at all watching this movie and being like, oh, that's interesting. They didn't give Otto a German accent because, oh. because I, I had always assumed that Dr. Octopus had a had a German accent because of the cartoon because he has one in the cartoon the Fox cartoon. Oh, I never that never landed on me. I, that also never occurred to me. Huh? Me neither. Huh? I'm sure yeah. Molina could have done it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. But it also like a German accent would feel especially cartoony. True. And I'm sure that's something that they try to avoid, especially with all these early superhero movies where they try to avoid yeah. a lot of the things that were 
particularly cartoony. To be mm-hmm. fair, though, this franchise at least leans a little more cartoony than the other ones. Like, uh, yeah, that's true. You know, they did have Willem Dafoe in the last mm-hmm. one. Being Willem what do you Dafoe. guys? I am curious because okay, so here's the thing: Alfred Molina mm-hmm. is much like much like J.K. Simmons uh, before him and after him. Uh, you know, he was so iconic in this role yeah. that they have not, they have done, we've had, we've had, uh, you know, we've had two green goblins now. Um, we will probably get a third yeah. at some point. When are they going to do another Dr. Octopus? I, I know that Mark Hamill really wants to play Tom Holland's Dr. Octopus. God, I would and kill for he, that. He would be incredible. Yeah. He would be really good. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, I I just I don't know like I'm just I I I really I really like that we have a Doctor Octopus that is, has been so iconic that they haven't tried mm-hmm. to do it again, but yeah. I I almost wonder if the next film won't have like a, more of a big gun villain in it. Uh, yeah. Just because, um, I think if I'm not mistaken, like that the Homecoming did well, but not as well as they wanted it to. Yeah. And uh, I could see them wanting to sort of like make him stand on his own a little bit more with this new one and not lean so heavily on maybe the established uh, uh, big guys. Yeah. 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 So I don't yeah. know. But but um, well, who are the big heavy hitters in the Spider-Man universe that haven't really had their on screen Mysterio and Craven Mysterio and Craven. Yeah. yeah. And then I guess Venom. Like, well, well no, nope, we Venom was in Spider-Man 3. Yeah, yeah right, he yeah. is. Spider-Man That's 3. true. Yeah, like, yeah. I immediately said it was wrong. Yeah, because yeah. you're immediately going into, like, tertiary characters after that. Because, like, the big heavy hitters are just, you know, Vulture Basically and Sinister Green Six, Goblin. yeah. Yeah, the Sinister Six, yeah. Well, Does we it... also haven't had Spider-Man versus Kingpin. No. Kingpin's been in couldn't. other universes, but not in Spider-Man's. Right, but we... we're not we're not going to because they refuse to cross the streams Pollinate. between TV and uh, movies. So Right. Yeah. yeah. The so only other ones I can think of is like Hobgoblin. Yeah. And even he's kind of I mean, He's kind he's of... B level. He's B level yeah. Hobgoblin. Yeah. I yeah. love Hobgoblin, but he's definitely B level. Does he not have any A level female villains? No. I mean other than like Black, Black, like Cat. Black, Cat. Black Cat. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. She's already a second rate Catwoman, so Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is a definitive movie version of Doc Octopus, but it's it's not like the straight up accurate comics version of Doctor Octopus. Not something sure. more not interesting. At all, not at all. It's like not close to the main one. So there's plenty of room for reinterpretation. I yeah. Think it's well, and, and the other reason that I, I I could see them sort of rebooting this character sooner rather than later is just because he's sort of at peak popularity because of Dan Slott. Yeah. Um, because of Superior Spider-Man and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. uh, Otto Octavius has just become – there. I mean, there are so many people out there. We had this poll, I think, early mm-hmm. on in our show on the on the Facebook group. We had somebody put up a poll of just like, who do you think is Spider-Man's ar- arch nemesis? And I think for both myself and for Zach, yeah. our, our thought is immediately, oh, well, it's Green Goblin, obviously. It's Green Goblin. Right. That's, That's his Joker. Say. Yeah. Definitely. But yeah. but yeah. then but there's a whole generation of people who have just been introduced to Spider-Man since, you know, in the past 10 years when Dan yeah. Slott's been writing it. They think it's Dr. Octopus. They think Dr. Yeah. Octopus is the ultimate villain because they were a kid when this movie came out. And it blew the roof off the off of you know Hollywood, off the world, off of superhero movies, and then immediately went into Dan Slott's run, where a big focus of his run was uh, was Doctor Octopus. I mean, he killed yeah. Spider Man at one point. So yeah. 
you know, you, it's interesting, but yeah, I, I think the Dr. Octopus at such is at such a peak level of popularity. I could see them bringing him in sooner than rather than later, because I think it would be, uh, at a fur, uh, a fervor nearing, you know, dark Knight levels. If yeah. they were like, Oh, we're doing another Dr. Octopus. The way that when they announced they're going to do a Joker movie in Dark Knight, everyone was like, what? How could you ever outdo Jack Nicholson? That's insane. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to have just Dr. Octopus and J.K. Simmons is J. Jonah Jameson. And it's just them talking to each other for two hours. (laughs) I would watch watch that. I would buy that. Yeah. Opening night. Yeah. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah. It's, oh God. It's a good character. And yeah, like. Dance lot kind of rehabilitated him um, mm-hmm. in the popular. He he so. took what was there, which was a very two dimensional, maniacal, evil genius kind of character. Yeah, uh, and ter- took that and morphed it into a three dimensional character without betraying anything that was already there. Yeah. Um, it was it was it really it takes a delicate hand to do something like that, and he pulled it off. Whereas here, what they've done is just like oh. We don't want to just do a maniacal evil genius like he is in the comics. So instead, we're going to give him more pathos and we're going to give him a wife that he's going to lose and we're going to give him a tragic backstory. And that's what we're that's how we're going to change the character, which works great. And it is totally fine in the movie. Um, But it would be interesting to see them uh, more take a, you know, take a different approach to the character and go back to that sort of egotistical version of the character and, mm-hmm. and turn that into a character. And I think Mark Campbell would be the perfect guy to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that is kind of his comic book villain take on a lot of things. Right. Sure. As long yeah. as he doesn't do the Joker voice As long as he doesn't again. do it, yeah. <laughs> um, right. Do you guys think no, that Alfred trickster. Molina's yeah. Dr. Octopus is the last great Marvel movie villain or no, maybe the Loki. last one since Loki. Loki. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. that's a Loki. big Loki. gap of time there between. It's hard to do. It's Loki. And I really do think that uh, the vulture in the Spider-Man homecoming. Oh yeah. Is really yeah. good. Well, that oh, was just excellent. this year. Yeah. So there's, there's yeah, still right. a big gap between Loki and him also. Yeah. 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 yeah that's true too. Yeah. yeah. It's a shame a that tricky. they don't do superhero villains very well. That we can really count the great ones on one hand. Well, well here of- here's what happens. So like yeah. I like in, in a in a TV show, you can like like in a comic, which is a per- perpetual act too, you can mm-hmm. take your time and and you know, create a very well defined villain. But in a movie, you're so focused on giving your hero an arc that everything else becomes background to yeah. that main yeah. story. And so they don't want to screw up the hero thing. And so as a result, we, they don't spend as much time on the villain. I mean, that's kind of what ends up happening, I think. Yeah, sure. And, and obviously all the movies with really good villains have an arc for the villain as well. It's not just, Hey, we're evil space elves showing up to, to destroy the world. <laughs> right. Yeah. But the typically that when... I can think of is that's an exception to that rule is the dark Knight Joker. He just shows up and I'm an agent of chaos deal with it, baby. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, Cause the thing is, it's like with the dark Knight, like the thing, you know, not writing a three dimensional character, uh, it works there because he's supposed to be mysterious. His, his third yeah. dimension isn't missing. It's being obstructed by him. Right. Um, yeah. you know, he's keeping it he's... close to the vest, which in and of itself adds a third dimension to that character. Right. right. Um, but with, with, uh, Vulture and with 
um, uh, Loki. Both mm-hmm. of those characters that have arcs, they those villains have arcs, and because they are entwined with the hero's arc, yeah, um, that's what makes them work. But then you have things like Ronan the Accuser, which has absolutely nothing to do with anything that's going on yeah. in Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> He's just there. I think Marvel's mo at this point is whatever we do, we can do if we're going to prioritize the you know. Spending time with the hero because our brand is built on people really, really, really like the liking these characters. They can kind of absorb the criticism of like you got weak villains every time because people like the characters. And it's only things like the only three I can think of where it's like directly intertwined is like you said, Scott, the Loki one and the Vulture one and uh, Killmonger in uh, Black Panther. The only other one that I would say is like the original Joker from the first Batman movie. The Jack oh, Batman 89? Yeah. 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 That's mostly because it's a Joker movie more than a Batman movie. Sure. That's very yeah. true, um, as yeah. as is the case with both uh, both uh, Tim Burton Batman movies. Um, yeah. But, but, the, but, but going back to this movie, the reason mm-hmm. that Doc Ock works and is such a good villain is because he is – his arc, his theme is intertwined with Peter's theme – in this mm-hmm. film, which mm-hmm. is that, into, you know, he's saying intelligence is not a privilege, it's a gift. But what he's really saying is, uh, it you know, you're, what you are, your, your powers are not a burden, they're a gift. Yes. And you yeah. need to use yes. them for, for uh, the, the good of mankind. It's sort of, I mean, it's like the next step from, you know, his promise to uh, Uncle Ben, you know, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. the uh, great power, great responsibility. I mean, that's what makes him put on the costume, but this is what makes him keep on the costume. And when you, when you look at Otto's arc in this movie mm-hmm. about intelligence is not a privilege, it's a gift, he is the opposite of Peter. Peter gives up. And Otto never gives up. In fact, he yeah. doubles down. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Um, and and so you have these two characters who are diametrically opposed to each other philosophically and, uh, uh, you know, their, their arcs are yeah. just sort of diverging until they cross paths again in Act 3. It's sort of a perfect structure. They're, on, really they're in the same place in Act 1. They diverge in Act 2, and then they're back together again in Act 3 uh, battling it out. It's perfect. Yeah, plus all of our Act 1 stuff is doing double duty. All of right. our auto scenes are also Peter scenes. Mm-hmm. All yep. of the, like, the big stuff is also Peter. So it's not like you have to take time away from the quote-unquote main narrative in order to set up your villain. It's just part of it right yeah, yeah. that's yeah. why it works so well they're they're intertwined that's what you have to do to make a good satisfying villain it's not that they need to be three-dimensional they do but that those three dimensions need to be in uh intertwined with the hero's arc that's yeah. how you have to do this which but the problem is that you once you get you know toy companies involved and people like <laughs> avi arad who are throwing their weight around and saying no 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 you have to do this villain well, then you start getting you, your your arc starts getting screwy and all of that. That's why people give um, uh, Yellow Jacket a hard time in Ant Man. They're oh, like, sure. "Oh, he's yeah. a bad villain." No, I disagree. No. I disagree because I think his arc is perfectly intertwined with Scott's arc of yeah. legacy and all of that. So I think he is actually a great villain um, yeah. for that for that character for that movie. Yeah, I think people are just like he's just so evil that they think that means like, oh, he's not 
a good character, but right. It's but a, a lot of business people are that. A evil. lot of business well, people and also, are evil. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and, well, and also they they explain that away in the thing. He's losing his mind because of the because the, of the, the particles. The, yeah. yeah, the the bad particles that he created. The bad pin yeah. particles. Yeah, it works. I like that yeah. movie a lot. I have anyway. a bit of a non sequitur question uh, for you guys, but I'm just watching Alpha Molina act. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think is a more dangerous position to be in? A Spider-Man love interest or a Spider-Man father figure? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Depends who's helming the franchise or who's <laughs> writing the comic. Um, it's I, I really think it's just, I think it's kill for kill. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah. I, I like think every, that... every, every father figure I can think of dies and every every love interest dies <laughs> except for Mary Jane. She's except for Mary every Jane. love interest dies or turns evil. Yeah. 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 You know, I just oh, want to man. interject something real quick. On this <laughs> minute, I've been mostly quiet because I've been fascinated at how insightful you guys are with this. This has been oh. really fun to be a part of. <laughs> oh, thanks, oh, man. Thanks. It's a fun show. We're, we're very proud of it, and we're happy to have you here. All right. Well, I think that's I think that's all we got here. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I I would say that Dr. Connor's assessment that Peter is lazy is not accurate. Uh, late, but lazy? Late? I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Absent-minded, sure. Uh, late yes. for things, maybe. Uh, poor, absolutely. <laughs> uh, 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 silly haircut, definitely. I said, I, 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 oh, I heard you're the student that uh, Dr. Connors told me about. He said, you are brilliant, but poor. <laughs> see that's more that's more traditional doc octopus yes. <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, always man. has a cup of tea in one claw and a new yorker in the other golly um yeah lazy i mean it, it works i don't know it's not not true but i could see a, a professor thinking that just just be here you idiot he must be lazy huh like <laughs> Screwing around all the time, running yeah. around campus, <laughs> chasing chasing girls or something. What's that guy's deal? What's that Peter Parker do? Lazy bum. Um, yeah, this was a great week. Guys. Shot yeah, of was, this yeah. scene it ends on Alfred Molina staring at Peter, yeah. and so in the minute that I watch it, just kind of froze on that image, and yeah. <laughs> I don't want to admit how long I watched that before I was. Like thinking, wow, he's really holding that intense stare. <laughs> that that happened to me on a minute earlier, uh, okay. earlier yeah. this season. Yeah, yeah. That, that same that same thing. I was like, wow, people are just really <laughs> staring, drinking in that pause. Yeah, that's a bold choice. Yeah, it's a great, it's a choice, it's a great look. It's a, he has that you know, Molina has such great expressive eyebrows, but when he like furrows them and like looks into your soul, it's like, oh man, yeah, I'm in trouble. I'm in... <laughs> Not quite evil yet, though. No. Not quite evil. Yeah. I don't know. That's our side podcast, Not Quite Yet Evil. Why am I talking? I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I, 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 I just, I'm looking at this, you know, this conversation of just like intelligence is not, is, is not a privilege. It's a gift. And we use it for the best of mankind. And, I, and I'm just like looking at this. And then I just think, man, an hour from now, he's going to go, oops, butterfingers. And I just, <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, that's the same movie. That's really interesting. <laughs> Uh, and God. and it, and it doesn't feel out of place at that point, no, but it's just no. so. That's the same character, huh? Okay, interesting. Yeah. Listen, yeah. guys, I don't want to brag or anything, but no one's ever <laughs> accused me of wasting my intelligence. <laughs> <laughs>
How about uh, Butterfingers, Mike? Is, is that something? Oh, I get called yeah. Butterfingers all the time. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Just dropping plates everywhere. Uh, this is... <laughs> Thank you again for being on this week, guys. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, One last time, yeah. where can people find you? Sam? Uh, so I can be found on Twitter under my name, Sam Gash, which is spelled S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H. And I make a wonderful podcast with my good friend Mike Bobbitt called Ideal Remake, where we take movies either that have been, will be, or should be remade, and we talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. And I am everywhere online at Off the Mic, O-F-F-T-H-E-M-I-K-E. I've been trying to update my website pretty regularly. I have remade Sam's podcast with my friend Sam Gash, and it is also called Ideal Remake. And, <laughs> And I am a comedian out of Detroit and doing, I'm back to uh, doing live shows here and there. Awesome. So, you know. Which is super exciting because Mike's a fantastic, he's comedian. Excellent. And yeah. it's, I love that he's getting to do that because it's yeah. super cool. It's yeah. just so a, see him if you can, if you're in the area. It's a lot of yelling and dirty words. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of yelling and dirty words, uh, you should check out our Patreon page, uh, duallygenre.com slash support. <laughs> Um, <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, go go to duallygenre.com slash support. Uh, Zach and I do the Weekend Bugle where we talk about geek culture, entertainment news, and, uh, and Spider-Man stuff over there. Uh, you can hear us talk about other superhero movies and other Spider-Man content like comics and animated shows, etc., etc. Uh, and along with everything else that we put out at DuelingGenre.com, including the... Uh, I, I did a show called uh, uh, Cornetto Minute a while back. We did we did the first, uh, first movie in that trilogy, Shaun of the Dead, a minute at a time. We're on hiatus right now, but what we are doing is every week we're doing one minute of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World on our Patreon Ooh. page. Yeah, Patreon-specific so, Scott Pilgrim. I can't yeah. wait to dive into oh. your Cornetto Trilogy podcast because those, oh. I love those. I, I, I'm i so happy when Zach was telling me everything that you do that now I have more <laughs> podcasts to listen to. Yeah. Well, I, 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 we're going to have to get you on for Hot Fuzz then when we do that next season. I would love to. Beautiful. Um, all right. Well, uh, go check that out, duallygenre.com slash support, and we will be back on Monday with Minute 21. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.